I'm so expectant to be with you and sharing around the Word today. You see, this Bible isn't just the Word. It is actually living and it is active. What I love about the Bible is that we can spend time in the Scriptures and what I can read one day can have one meaning and what I can read the next day can have a different meaning. And so I know that for you. I'm gonna talk about a very familiar passage of Scripture if you've been a Christian for a while or you might be hearing it for the first time. I've actually preached out of this passage of Scripture many, many times, but as I've just been preparing for this message, God's really been revealing and showing me things that I've never seen in this passage of Scripture before. As I mentioned, this Word is living in, it is active. It's not some university book that you read, a textbook where you go, where you get the information you want and then that being it. And so I know for you, this is going to become alive today. And so wherever you are joining me, at whatever time you're joining me, would you just close your eyes for a moment? Why don't you just invite the Holy Spirit into your room, wherever you are. Put your hands maybe in front of you and and just all that is, is just maybe surrendering and opening your heart to what God wants to speak to you. Father, we thank You for today. We thank You for Your Word that is living and that is active, Father. Father, we know that You wanna speak to us today. Father, I stand here with confidence knowing that You wanna use me today. I know my words won't be my words, but it will be speaking through me to every single person that hears this Word today. Father, I pray that You will be with us. Holy Spirit, we give You full control to do what only You can do, and that is to transform our lives in Jesus' Mighty, mighty, mighty name. If you're there, say amen. Come on, say amen. Um, Be with me. I know I can't hear you. I know I probably can't see you, but I feel you. I've been so expecting. As I said, I've been reading through this passage of Scripture and we're gonna be reading out of Mark chapter five, one of my favourite passages of Scriptures in the Bible. There's so much that happens. Mark chapter five starts off with a whole bunch of things where Jesus leaves what He knows, Capernaum. Um, it's a very familiar place where He is. He goes across the sea. There's a storm that encounters His um, disciples, but He had a very purpose and a plan to go to the other side. He heals a man, the demon-possessed man. He goes back across the ocean, lands on the other side. And that's where we're gonna pick the passage of Scripture up today. Mark chapter five. And um, as Jesus and His disciples uh, arrived on the other side, a large crowd gathered around Him. Mark chapter five and verse 21. Jesus raised the dead girl and heals a sick woman. When Jesus had again crossed over by the boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around Him while He was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at His feet. He pleaded earnestly with Him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with Him. This is actually not where I wanna spend most of my time today, but I can't help but before I go to that next passage of Scripture, where I really wanna spend most of the time in unpacking it, I can't but help to pause for a moment and look at Jairus. 
Jairus is a very prominent man in his society. He's a synagogue leader. Um, he has prominence. He has stature in the community. But what's very interesting is when he goes to Jesus, first of all, it's a miracle that he made it to Jesus. You have to understand there was a big crowd around him and he would have really had to try and get to Jesus. One thing that's very different is that he doesn't announce himself to Jesus as a synagogue leader. He actually falls at his feet as a desperate father. I wonder if you're desperate today. I wonder if you are so desperate for God to do something in your life, for you to actually forget who you are and the things that you might have accomplished, but really just center yourself in front of Jesus. He can do it for you today. I absolutely believe that God can move in your situation. I know all about being a desperate dad. I'm a dad of four boys um, and they are four boys. Like, let me tell you, there is trees, shooting guns, all sorts of things that always goes crazy. And so I have visited the emergency room many times, many times. I'm like a local customer. They come in, they call me by name. Any one day and all parents in here and everybody at home would know that there's sometimes a scream of your child that you just know you need to attend as quick as you can. It's funny, sometimes we have friends around our house and we'll have friends that don't have kids and our kids will go crazy outside, but we don't do anything. And they're like, do you not need to go? I'm like, no, 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 we don't need to go. It's fine. But I was sitting in the home one day and I heard that scream. And so, I mean, I was off my seat, ran out and we have a trampoline at home and the boys always do crazy stuff on it. But it has this pole in the side that they normally grab onto and then they swing around it. Um, on that day, Rocco, my little one, eight-year-old, he was actually 17, he swung off it and there was a piece of metal under it. I still don't actually know how it happened, but it cut right under his knee. And so he was on the floor screaming, blood pouring out of his knee. And so by the time I arrived, there was just blood all over his knee. And when he lifted his hand, it was like a flap, like it just this big thing on his knee. And I'm like, okay, emergency room. It was about 5.21. I very clearly remember the time, 5.21. Now, we live about an hour away from the closest hospital, but there is an emergency room about 10 minutes from us. And they close at 5.30. So I knew if I get him in the car as quick as I can, just wrap a towel around his bleeding leg, I could make it hopefully in time. Anyway, I get the boys, we jump in the car, we go to this place and I'm calling them. They said, no, you can't come here. You've got to go straight to the hospital. But my son, the leg is like blood pouring and there's blood everywhere. Anyway, I get to the doctors at this emergency room and the door's closed. And I'm in front of this room as a desperate father. My son is inside my arms, blood pouring out of his knee and they won't let me in. I wonder how many people have kept you out from the promise of God. How many people have had a closed door in front of you even though you are desperate? And I believe as we unpack this passage of Scripture, you'll see that God actually wants to open the door to you today. And He's going to do it for you today. Anyway, desperate father, in front of this door, I did not leave until they opened that door and they saw my son. Let's go further in the passage of Scripture. As we unpack that, um, a large crowd followed and pressed around him and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She's been subject to bleeding for 12 years. So you have to understand, and I've looked all around, so this same passage of Scripture is in Mark, Luke, and Matthew, and none of them tell us who her name is. 
And so I can't tell you what her name today is, but one thing the Bible do say in the New King James Version, it says that it's the woman with the issue of blood. She has a nickname about the issue that she's been carrying for 12 long years. What is the thing that you've been carrying around for way too long and you have started labelling yourself by this thing that you should not have anymore? And I think as we unpack this today, it's really gonna start showing you today that you are way more than what this thing has done and has done defining you. And so this woman does quite a few things. And this is what I love about, as I mentioned before, there's quite a few things in here that I've never seen before. Powerful. So here we're gonna have a look, very closely look at her, what she did. First, what she did, she heard that Jesus is coming. She heard. Number one, she heard that Jesus is coming. Now it's one thing to hear that Jesus is coming. Now she is self-activating herself by hearing that He's coming. How many of you have God been calling for a long time, but you are resisting God's calling for you to come towards Him? You might be sitting today at home, no condemnation, but God might have wanted you to be in an environment like this in a community, and I know everybody's circumstances is different, but you've been too afraid to go outside your house and be in a bigger group of people. I just wanna let you know that it is a lie from the enemy. The enemy will always try and keep you out of community. In community and a church community is where you can find life and life in abundance. And so maybe that's you today. You hear God's calling, but you have not acted on God's calling. And so I really wanna remind you today, as you hear and as we see this woman, she heard that Jesus was coming. Whoo! The next thing is where this is where it gets really interesting. And this is really one of my favorite parts that I've actually never seen. As he said, a large crowd gathered. The woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She suffered a great deal and um, she's been to many doctors and had spent all she had. Actually, Luke is a physician. He was a doctor. And if we read the same passage of Scripture, Luke will actually refer to say that nobody could fix her. No one could fix her. And so well, what I love about Marcus, he's all about action. He's trying to give us the application of the very real thing that is actually happening here. Um, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him um, in the crowd and she touched his cloak because she thought, because she thought. Can you just say that out loud wherever you are, even if it sounds weird? weird? Because she thought. It's something I've actually never seen. I've literally read this passage of Scripture hundreds of times. And as I've been studying this passage of Scripture a lot closer to trying to understand what is the thing that made her healing come to pass? She's been struggling for it for 12 long years. And she heard, she thought, and she touched. What's so amazing about that thought is, I bet you in that same moment, she did not just think about going to Jesus. She also thought about all the reasons why she should not go to Jesus. You see, quite often, most situations that we're in, when we have to make a decision, is we have all these different thoughts going around our heads. But the thing that becomes the most important is the actual one that you take action on. 
You can imagine, she's been dealing with this issue for 12 long years. The thoughts that was in her mind would have honestly probably stopped her from going out before. Now, I know there's people listening today where you, your sense of the past, the guilt of the past, a condition that you are um, suffering from right now has stopped you and has really determined your thoughts of actually receiving your blessing from God. This is your moment today. As I've been preparing, I knew with such conviction that God told me there is someone on the other side of the screen that needs to hear that, that needs to change their thought process. Is that you? There is thoughts that is controlling your life right now. It has bound your life so much that you cannot go to taking that into action to get to God's promises for your life. What are those thoughts that you need to change? I love it because I know it sounds so simple in this story because we read it in such simplicity. Yep, she heard that Jesus came. She thought it, she went, she touched, she got healed. But that's why I got really interested in that passage of Scripture. What was the thing that actually made her get healed? And that's the power of it. It's the power of a thought. A thought of not just hearing, but actually applying the faith that comes with hearing. See, it's very good. You could stand on the other side of where I am today and you can write a bunch of notes, but you would know that those, those notes mean nothing until you actually make those things applicable in your life and you actually start walking them out in your life. So what are the thoughts that you need to change? What are the thoughts that you need to take from what God is speaking to you and the things that you need to take out of that and go, God, I need to change the way I think. You need to stop changing the way you think about anxiety. You need to stop thinking the way you think about depression. As I've been... Really, since COVID, I've become so aware of mental illness. And I think most people have become aware of that around the world. It's a very interesting thing that really captures my attention. And hear me, please hear me, because I'm not belittling mental illness because it's so real. And I'm so grateful that we're starting to put words and context around something that's very real. But there is also some people that your thoughts has been so affected what other people have been saying about a condition. Let me try and explain it this way. Again, I've got four boys and it's very interesting. My little one sometimes will imitate what the bigger boys are doing. Orlando, my, my second boy, the other boy, day came home and he had a really sore leg. So he was limping all afternoon. He's probably the toughest one out of my four. He was limping and, um, you know, I gave him a bit of attention. We, we, you know, massaged his leg and had him up all night. And then really funny, the next morning, guess what Rocco woke up as? He had a sore leg. He had no sore leg, but he had a sore leg because he saw his brother having a sore leg the day before. He thought, if I wanna get some attention, I need to have a sore leg. But the crazy thing is, us as adults do the same thing. We see things and hear things and all of a sudden, we take those labels and we slap them on ourselves. Because we're not spending time in the Word where we go, God, I need to frame my thought life in a way where I know that You are shaping my thought life. And then as I hear that You are coming, as I'm thinking about You, I know what I need to take action on. Church at home, what is the thing, what is the label that you've patched on yourself that should not belong on yourself? 
I know I'm speaking to you. And so as you're sitting there, I know that almost as an as a act of faith, you can almost do this. Put your chest out and start ripping those things off, those labels that is not meant for you. Those labels that were never meant for you. See what happens is as soon as we start attaching something, a label that I am depressed. Here's the power of that statement. Here's the power of that thought is, as you are bounding yourself by a label, yes, you might be dealing with depression, but you are not depressed. You might be dealing with it. So don't put those labels on you. And I believe as I'm speaking today, God is setting people free from anxiety. I believe He's setting people free from depression in Jesus' mighty, mighty Name. I'm gonna conclude in a minute. As I'm looking at this woman with the issue of blood, even Jesus didn't see her. He was on the way to heal someone else's daughter, a very prominent man. And let me just pause for a moment and talk about the disciples. When this woman touched Jesus and Jesus stopped, He felt something left His body. He knew somebody touched Him. Disciples got annoyed. The disciples was like, Jesus, we're on our way somewhere. Jesus, like what? Like who is this woman? But Jesus take a moment and isn't it crazy in that moment when He stops? In that moment when He feels because someone has heard, someone has thought and someone has touched. He knew someone was there even though He didn't see her. And as He was on the way to heal someone, Because he stopped, that girl died. Can you imagine the agony of the father Jairus as he's like almost like called Jesus to come heal his daughter and all of a sudden he knows that she's only got minutes left to live and Jesus stops for someone that seemingly had no place in their society. It's funny with the disciples, the disciples touch Jesus every single day. But that magnifying power that healed that lady that day wasn't evident in any of the disciples' lives a lot of the times. They touched Him all the time. But why is it that in that moment of them not seeing the importance of what Jesus is doing, have you done the same? I've been in ministry for over 20 years. I've done, preached, done lots of things, so grateful for what God's done and Probably about eight years ago, I found myself in a season where I really had to look at my faith. I could do church, I could preach, and, and I can you know, do all the things we do as Christians. But I sat in a field and I started realizing, Father, I don't even know if I'm a Christian. I don't even know if I have a personal relationship with You because I got so busy just doing stuff for you that I forgot that you actually want to do stuff with me. And so church, I want to encourage you, church at home, if you got so busy with the things of God, but you actually forgot to just have a relationship with you, this is your moment. This is your moment where you can lean in and almost like a new Christian, experience Him in a fresh, fresh way. The most powerful thing of this whole Scripture that I 
as I was studying, jumped out at me that I've never seen before. I've never seen this. Verse 28, it says, because you thought, and as I just, as I touched his clothes, um, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realised that the power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched me? Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against um, you, his disciples answered. And yet you can't, um, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who ha- um, had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at the feet of Jesus. Trembling with fear, she told him the whole truth. She fell at his feet. And now all I know about my wife does not just say things in a moment. That would not have been a short moment. If you put yourself in the reality of that moment is that he's on the way where this girl has already died. As a daughter dies, this woman gets healed. And oh, look at this in verse 32. Now Jesus kept looking around. Yep, uh, He said to her, this is where it gets powerful. Sorry, here we go. Verse 34. After he was telling her, after she fell at her feet being fearful, this is what he said to her. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Can you see that? It's the only time in Scriptures Jesus ever refers to someone as daughter. This woman was labelled by the society with the issue of blood. But Jesus stops and takes a moment and doesn't just heal her because she could have very easily got healed, knew that Jesus did it and, dis- and just disappeared in the crowd again. But Jesus takes a moment because He knew He needed to help her reframe who she is. And she, she could have gone away healed, but still be known as the woman with the issue of blood. But Jesus changes that whole thing. And in front of everybody, He calls her daughter. Church at home, Jesus is calling you sons and daughters, not by your issue. He is not labelling you by your issue. He is calling you as sons and daughters. So powerful in that moment, she was never the same again. Jesus then went on and we we don't have enough time to unpack it. He went on and He healed this, this little girl And He showed everybody that He wasn't just a restorer of life, but He was also a resurrector. So wherever you are sitting right now, would you close your eyes for a moment? Jesus loves you. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High King. That's what Jesus wants you to be thinking about. He does not want you to be thinking about your issues any longer. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High King. Father, I pray right now 
whoever is hearing my voice right now, Father, that that will be the thing that resonates in their spirit, Father. That they are a son and that they are a daughter, Father. Father, I pray that You will take healing to their houses, Father. Restoration to their houses right now in the Name of Jesus. Father, as we look today at this woman with the issue of blood, Father, I pray that You will help us to see when we need to hear You, how to take action with our thoughts and how we can reach out to You. But more than that, once we experience our healing, Father, to, for You to bring us to a place of conviction and faith that we are Your sons and Your daughters. In Jesus' mighty, mighty, mighty Name. Amen, amen, amen. Church at home, thank you for being with me today. I've absolutely loved being with you today. I cannot help but to think, as I've mentioned in the beginning, that this Word is living and it is active. And it is alive and it is active in your life right now. So go forth with your thought life going that I am a son and the daughter of his, of his Most High King. Bless you, church. We'll see you back next week. Church home, I'll be with you next week again. I've got a word in season for you. Just at this word, I'll be preparing all word and I'll see you next week at Church at Home. Amen. Bless you.